93.3 and the Heat 94.6 brings back the hottest hip-hop radio show live from KLP Entertainment and KLP Studios. It's KLP Aftermath. Morning with your host, KLP Kennedy Lucas and Rocco Styles. You know what it is, put your hands up. Tune in now on any audio platform. Mic check, one, two, one, two, mic. What time is it? It's swanky time with that new KLP. Yes, it is about that time. You don't want your problems, big fella. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. If one more label try to stop me, Dope. Ooh, you want this beat, right? You're tuned in to New KLP. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, boys and girls. Ooh, you want this beat, right? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back. Good It's February 28th. It's Wednesday. We ready. What you thought it was? Shout out to all the podcasters. Shout out to all the Atlanta people out there. Good morning, y'all. It's Atlanta. Shout out to all the podcasters. Shout out, shout out to all the content creators as well. You got to get up with that good energy, you know? Hey, you don't want no, you don't want no problem. Come on, Lil Wayne. I swear we're gonna get started in a minute, but you know, this this my jam. I be working out to this song. When I be when I be punching, 
Rocco, you know, when I be punching and boxing in the gym, I be listening to this music. No problem with me. So. You don't want the problem with me. In the streets, my face a coupon, her pussy too warm. All these bitches come to do harm. Just bought a new chair. This beat is dope. There we go. Now we kicking with grits. Now, they, luckily, I didn't go live, right? Because if I went live, we would have had a whole mess. So just had to edit that part out. Sometimes systems, they they fell on us. But like I was saying, Final Fantasy weekend, uh, Final Fantasy Rebirth comes out this weekend. Super, super pumped. I'm stoic. I'm excited. Um, it's going to be a great, great weekend because, like I say, it is a weekend where I get to relax. It's a weekend where we're, you know, typically with KLP Entertainment and Business, we don't work on the weekends. My weekend is here. Uh, I have finished my uh, ninth course. <laughs> Shout out to school. Now I'm getting ready to take my capstone to uh, finish off my master's degree, but we get a week break before we start. And I, God knows I need a week break before we start capstone. So this is a free weekend where I'm not doing nothing. So but playing Final Fantasy Rebirth and watch a whole bunch of TV and eating. That's my plan for the weekend. Oh, I ain't going to the gym. That's my plan for the weekend. I'm a stoic. I'm very, very excited for this weekend because of Final Fantasy. Like I was saying, Final Fantasy got good scores. 10 out of 10, 5 out of 5, 3 out of 3, top tier game. Again, like I say, I don't, I, I would not be surprised if Final Fantasy is in the running for game of the year, right? I think it's going to do it. I really think that it's going to uh, really, really do it out really well when it comes down to that. So I cannot wait. Congratulations to Square Enix. I think they got something dope and I cannot wait to play it. Now, you guys came onto the podcast to not only for me to give my review and to talk about some things um but a little update for klp entertainment i guess you know not really it's not really an update rocco we're, we're pretty solid for the most part of it if you guys want to know like the big news that i had yesterday's morning podcast go listen to yesterday's uh morning's podcast but uh, life is good. You know, went to the belt line again for the second time. Very, very fantastic. I was worried, Rocco. I was so worried that that it was going to rain yesterday. Georgia, if y'all don't know, Georgia is in some weird, weird weather when it comes down to will it rain or will it not rain? Right. Because yesterday it was supposed to rain and it was cloudy I'll, I'll i'll admit it was very very cloudy when it comes down to to the thick of things but it didn't rain it might have drizzled drip drop for a little bit but then it didn't rain like it was supposed to like it was supposed to be 90 percent chance of rain it didn't happen so uh packed my bike up and i drove over to the belt line uh parked my car rode my bike around the belt line i am extremely sore i am feeling the effects on my calves and my knees and i did the proper stretching i always say to a lot of people make sure you do your proper stretching don't don't go into it thinking that you can just work out and not stretch go stretch first that's just one thing i i would say for that for sure go stretch and go feel out your bones making sure you get your bones ready to go before you enhance your willingness to um ride your bike because you can sprain something you can tear something up right so i ended up going to bet line uh yesterday it was very fantastic um and then i was able to you know come home and watch some 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 tv and getting some editing done street style 
Street style's coming, y'all. It's coming. That's all I'm going to say. It's coming. So, I needed to talk about this show because if you listen to yesterday's podcast, I said I was going to talk about it um, now or within the week. And today is very, very fitting. It's Wednesday. It's hump day. Halfway done with the week. And I thought it would be fitting that I would talk about it. I think I'm going to wait to... Um, I'm going to wait to review The Last Airbender because we're not ready, quite ready for that quite just yet. But I wanted to talk about this show called Sort Of. This show is amazing. It came out in 2021 and it is available right now on HBO Max. So if you guys haven't seen it, go watch it. Uh, I'm talking about it this morning and later today, our article will come out. Uh, I will be writing an article about this show on the Vox Times by KLP Entertainment, by the way. So if you want to read all about it, what I my, my critiques and my notes about the show later today, check it on the Vox Times by KLP Entertainment, uh, presented by Kennedy Lucas Publishing. So, of course, that's my publishing company where we publish our articles. Now, let's talk about it. Sort of is such a great show. It is a show not only that was premiered in uh, Canada. Now, here's a kind of synopsis about the show. Now, the show did read a hundred percent. Hold on. Hundred percent. Hundred percentile. Hundred percentile on Rotten freaking tomatoes you've got something imdb gives it a 7.2 out of 10 but rotten tomatoes gives it a hundred percent on their site now the synopsis about the show is a gender fluid millennial sabi uh, mebu straddles various identities from sexy bartender at the lgbtq bar to the youngest child in a large Pakistani family, uh, to the uh, to the facto parent of downtown hipster family. This show is good. This show is so good. Now you've got uh, Bali, and if I butcher these names, I'm terribly sorry. I'm bad with names, but Bali Beige plays Sabi, and the whole show is catered around the character sabi sabi again like i just mentioned gender fluid uh, millennial so it is relating to this time and period where you know people are trying to either and i don't want to say identify themselves because you can be non-binary right sabi's trying to figure out this thing called life when it comes down to being gender fluid uh, in this society and a lot of people unfortunately a lot of people don't get it a lot of people don't like it right um to those i say you got to get over that because we're in this day and age where it's becoming more acceptable right or more acceptance there uh by the way i'm fully acceptable and fully an ally of the lgbt community i really appreciate the community i like the community they're amazing right so I want to put that on record because I know a lot of people who might be watching, might be listening to the podcast, might disagree with what I say, right? I think it's amazing to where if you identify as him, 
uh, he, him, his. If you identify as, uh, what is it? She, hers, she, hers, and I forgot the other one. She, hers, I think there's only two. Uh, there's probably a third one. And then the third gender is they, them, theirs. Comment below if I said that right. But I think it's really, really impactful. And I think a lot of people should understand that this is a, this is not only just a thing, but this is something that is needing to be more accepted in our, our lifespan. Me working in education, we are heavily about pronouns. Heavily. Um, because that is the new standard that's the new thing that's the new thing for appropriation there's a new thing for um the the culture i would say the lgbtq uh culture right so there are a lot of things that people don't understand and hopefully they understand it right uh so sabi they are trying to figure some things out right when it comes down to possibly the parents being a little bit strict, their parents don't understand the the culture, I would say. And when they don't understand the culture, they are a little bit strict and they don't understand it. They, they kind of don't approve of it. Now, the mom, the mom sort of approves it, I guess, in a way, but not as not so much as the dad the dad flat out doesn't understand right it's a it's a kind of a is i mean they're in this is gender fluid millennial the millennials right the old heads ain't gonna understand right old heads ain't gonna understand the, the route of it they don't understand it right because they're I think it was, you know, where people were kind of grew up you know the parents grew up a little bit differently than what we did right uh, my favorite character, their best friend, Seven, played by Amanda Corner. Seven's amazing. Seven is so freaking funny in this show. And I know this is, I mean, you can kind of, I guess there's some funny elements to it, but it's more of a, uh, a, a kind of a, a drama series, if you will. But Seven is my favorite character because they are, they're, they're <laughs> so funny. They've their Their lines are just so... I want to say quirky and a little cheesy, but it's that good quirky. Is that good kind of cheesy, right? So you, there, the character is very, very charismatic, and that makes you want to love the character, right? So I love the character Seven. Um, moving forward, Sabi is a nanny to the family of um, Violet, Paul, Betsy, and Henry. They are a mixed. Uh, I want to say white american asian american mixed family i want to say um and through season one gary i'm sorry bessie uh bessie and paul paul's played by gary powell bessie's played by grace lane kong um so paul and i'm going by the character's name by by the way so you guys can further understand what i'm saying paul and betsy are the married couple and when paul and betsy are married couple they have kids of violet and henry uh, two young children in season one, but in season two they grew up. Henry and, and Violet they grew up. They look like pre uh, like preteens when they were babies in season one. Now they're preteens in season two. The glow up the the um, the puberty it hits real between these kids. So uh, Paul and Betsy they're going through some stuff right marital um, 
I don't want to say marital problems, but they're going through a lot of kind of marital type of things where, you know, Betsy's a little bit miserable, quote unquote. And, you know, Paul, they're both, you know, this workaholic kind of, you know, he's kind of a um, therapist. I don't really know what Betsy does for work. I don't think they classify what she does for work. So they call on Sabi to be the um, the nanny of the two children. Paul has a, a, a an oops moment, an almost cancel moment when, you know, they tried to let Sabi go and they didn't understand that. You can't say that people like you. You can't you can't say that, right? That's you know, that's politically incorrect. You gotta be political correct with the, with this stuff, right? So it turns out that Betsy rides her bike and she gets into an accident and she's been in a coma and now Sabi cares a lot about the, the children and they try to aid the children while they're going through this terrible time of Betsy being hurt. Now that Betsy is out of the coma, she's back at home, but she's not as she's not as she's still not as happy, right? She's happy to be alive, but you know, she doesn't really want to be married to Paul and you know, Paul is the yeah, I mean, the Paul Paul is not Paul is a, his character is cool, but he's just kind of like he don't get it, right? So Paul and Betsy they want a divorce and then they go for it from there and uh who else is in this? And I'm looking at it um uh, Becca Blackwell plays Denzi or Denzai. I hopefully I pronounced the name right. Um, the bartender, uh, the bartender that you know Sabi was, and I, I'm missing some stuff, y'all. But Sabi was also they were also a bartender for the bar, and now the bar uh, is going kind of bankrupt. And then now you know, and this was a bar. It was a um, LGBT uh, Q bar, right? So it was only for the community. And the bar closes, and now that's their kind of escape from reality, and now they're losing that. And then uh, within season two, they're trying to fight back and find it back. Now, Oxa, played by Sapinder Rauch, these names, I'm sorry. Uh, She plays the big sister of Sabi. And she works really hard. You know, she they both live together in an apartment. And, you know, she has <laughs> she has one night stands every every time, every night. Right. And she ended up, you know, getting uh, mixed into the 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 fray when it comes down to it, because in season two, their parent, their dad comes home from Dubai and, you know, Dubai, uh, the dad didn't know that Sabi was in the culture, I would say, and it was a complete surprise to him. So now he's trying to figure it out while navigating through life as well. Um, good show. Fantastic show. I know I'm, I'm probably missing some stuff about the show, but I do recommend you guys checking it out because it is it is a great show. I feel that me watching the show, I got a little bit more educated being that I knew and understood a lot more than I thought, right? It is very, very important because it really symbolizes the community and really wants people to be more, a little bit more educated about the community. Um, Like I say, I love the community because this just, they're, they're just being themselves and a lot of people don't understand it. I wish a lot of people did, but people don't. And Watching this show, I not only watched it be not for my entertainment, but again, I want to understand because, you know, I am a strong ally to the community. I have tons of friends who are in the community, tons of friends who are in the community. So 
for me, I want to watch this show because I want to be educated. So that way, next time, if I have a question, I know I'm not asking the question wrong, right? Because I may not know. So I went and educated myself within the show. Like I say, I know there's a lot of there's a lot of things that I'm probably missing uh, within the show. But this is a good one that you guys don't want to sleep on. It's available right now on HBO Max. Later today, we're going to be writing our review on the show for the Vox Time. So shout out to all the cast members of Sort Of. And shout out to you guys who are in the LGBTQ community. We love y'all. KLP Entertainment loves y'all. I love y'all. So we got Rocco Styles here in the studio to give us our latest in sports news. He went in yesterday. He talked about Clay Thompson yesterday in sports news. So take it away, Rocco. Some of y'all might know this, and some of y'all don't. Let's do it. Um, so Albert Breer said um, a framework for a Justin Fields trade, Bears quarterback, could be in place this week. So the bones of it are happening this week. Can we all now finally just admit all this bears are keeping justin fields rumors was all just to keep his trade value high if chicago bailed on justin fields in week eight or nine what would he be worth today i mean the guy hasn't had multiple touchdown passes in a game since week five and they've gone out of their way even when they miss chase claypool a dj moore they got him another tight end a lot of draft capital on the o-line you can't keep blaming the Bears. They went and got some good pieces. Uh, you had Bryce Young. He didn't have anything to work with. Justin Fields' O-line is middle of the pack. His final seven games this year, five touchdowns, three picks. Completion percentage around 60% and the passer rating in the low 80s against mostly lousy teams. But the Bears smartly would go out and say very smartly, look, this will be a very tough choice for us. We like what we see. We see somebody who's getting better. I don't, but I understand the game plan. It's year three. His passing numbers are flat. His running numbers have gone down. We can put it on the screen for you. So, and again, they've added pieces. The Chicago Bears aren't perfect. Chase Claypool did not work. I appreciated the effort. DJ Moore's an excellent, absolute, bona fide number one receiver. Cole Komet. Very fine tight end, the O-line's fine, and for the record, he doesn't win a lot of games, and that's a problem. Don't listen to the analytic nerds. Good quarterbacks win close games. He is a dreadful fourth quarter quarterback, the worst in the league. Chicago media, their opinion of him is just not reality. Everybody else sees it. The Chicago media all season long tried to uh, defend him, uh, elevate him, uh, protect him, promote him. Maybe they're watching Ohio State film. But if you look at his second half stats in his career, third and fourth quarter, so this is when you're off script. Now it's up to you. No more script. It's up to you. Three years, his career, second half stat, 77 passer rating, 58% career completion percentage. You know what that is? The guy I keep comparing him to, Zach Wilson. But New York media never defend Zach Wilson. They call it as they see it, as they should. I respect that. Chicago media, this guy deserves another year. He is, in the second half, Zach Wilson. Highlight tape moves pretty well. Good arm. 
not efficient, not accurate, off script, very limited. The New York media calls it the truth. The Chicago media has been protecting him and buying into this, we really like him, stop it. Come on, you're not hoisting a trophy. Caleb Williams is way, way, Drake May. If there was no Caleb Williams, Drake May's too talented to pass on in my opinion. But the bones are in the work, according to Albert Breer, as they should be. I don't have a problem with him getting an offensive culture somewhere in the league. I don't have a problem with him getting a really good offensive coordinator wherever it is. But the Chicago thing, stop trying to tell me something that's not there. Efficiency late in games and in the second half off script. He's Zach Wilson. That's what he is. The numbers don't lie. And by the way, the NFC is weaker than the AFC. So I could defend Zach Wilson. He's got Buffalo, he's got Belichick, he's got... You can't have those numbers in the second half in the NFC. Can't. Brock Purdy's lighting it up. Can't. According to Tom Curran, who is a reporter who's covered the Patriots forever, uh, Bill Belichick is not happy with his portrayal uh, in this documentary. So, in the interviews that I've seen through four episodes, Bill comes across as sort of defensive and grumpy. That's on Belichick. Uh, by the way, Teddy Bruschi is fantastic and emotional. Uh, Randy Moss is hilarious. Ty Law is like a stand-up comedian. Uh, Brady is raw and honest. Even Drew Bledsoe, who got benched by Belichick, is cordial, um, has a great perspective, he's authentic. Ernie Adams, who was the right-hand man for years, Belichick, is so relatable and so likable. Uh, and there's Bill. Defensive and defiant and grumpy. So, um, that's on Bill. That's not on anybody else. That's not on the documentarians. Robert Kraft's a billionaire. A billionaire and comes off as much more relatable. He comes off as a true fan. So I'm not anti-Belichick. I defended Belichick forever. But building a wall up around you, it's got a very, uh, the late Bobby Knight feel to it, is not good for anybody in any business. That's not how you age. Pete Carroll full of energy in his 70s, Saban totally likable on TV in his 70s, Andy Reid is joyful, uh, Popovich, I don't always agree with him, but he seems to be having fun, uh, Jim Harbaugh, 60 years old, any, who's got it better than us, nobody, I, you know, this is Belichick, it, it's almost like, Belichick bought into the belief is, the worse I treat people, but the more it correlates with winning, and it wore out Tom Brady, and it, one of the things that come across in the series is that Ernie Adams is like, it's like would be the coolest dad in everybody's neighborhood, was sort of the right-hand man in the Svengali, the guru, the genius. Yeah, we always had Bill's ear. When Ernie left, it wasn't the same. And, uh, and, and er everybody loved Ernie. Ernie was very relatable, a softer side of Bill. Ah, uh, but Bill can't blame anybody for this stuff. Like it, it's, the, he took over the draft about seven years ago, the draft stinks. In this documentary, I'm not rooting against Bill, he could come work at this network, I'm not rooting against him, I think he's a brilliant defensive coach, but you can even watch his body language in this thing, he's, he, he didn't want anybody, I don't even know why he's doing it. Like he's got people in this that would defend him, a Matt Slater would defend him, there are definitely players that would defend him, nobody's gonna necessarily trash him. But, uh, I, I found Teddy Bruschi and Randy Moss and Ty Law, uh, even Drew Bledsoe, who could, if he wanted to be, could be really, uh, dispirited and unhappy in this thing. He comes across as cordial. People forget, Drew Bledsoe just signed a hundred million dollar deal, and in this time, years ago, that's a bit, as a lot of money, that's like Mahomes' money now. And he got benched 
he got hurt and they didn't give him his job back. And then he led him to the Super Bowl. He beat Pittsburgh, still didn't get his job back. And he's cordial and he's a pro. He could have torn the room apart and he didn't. If anybody could be a jerk in this thing, Bledsoe could have come off and done the interview and been petty and small and he wasn't at all. He wasn't happy. He didn't like how his career was going. But, um, I don't know. I, I, if you don't like how you're portrayed, then change. It's like, I, my, my wife always says this. I think it's a great line. Apologies are nonsense. The only apology in life is change behavior. If you do bad things to people, you can keep saying, I'm sorry. It doesn't mean anything. It's useless. It's transparent. It doesn't mean anything. Changed behavior is an apology. Stop doing things. Stop being grumpy. Stop being defensive. Be easier to work with. That's an apology. Otherwise, I don't want to hear your sorry. Otherwise, I don't want to hear your complaints. Change your behavior. Thank you, Rocco, so very much for that sports news, y'all. He's, he's dope. Very, very dope. So, I wanted to talk about this because we all know um, it's been hidden headlines as of lately. And I know when I get my news, I get them kind of late. And I'll talk about them a little bit later. But I wanted to formulate my thoughts. Um, I wanted to talk about Wendy Williams, and I hope that she gets better. Now, look, I get the type of job that she had might have ruined some families, some relationships, some, some careers, right? But we have to understand that Wendy Williams was the beacon, beacon of reporting news, right? You see your favorite podcaster, The Breakfast Club, Joe Budden Podcast. Those are just my two favorite. But like all of these channels that report on, I don't want to say messiness, but it's kind of messiness. Report on this stuff. That is what we see on TV today. Now, we may not see so much of it. We might see podcasting of it more than, let's say, the Sherry Shepard show or Jennifer Hudson. And those shows, they're not going to talk trash about somebody because that's not their market. But Wendy Williams was a beacon of reporting. Now, if you guys don't know, Wendy Williams, we we learned that she was diagnosed with, um, I don't know what it's called, but it's a form of dementia. It's a long name. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, similar to the same kind of disease that Bruce Willis is diagnosed with. And a lot of people talked about, you know, karma, bitch, right? Look, because I'm a, I'm a spiritual man. I pray a lot. I do believe in karma, right? I'm not going to go on record and say, I don't believe in karma. I believe in good karma and I believe in bad karma. You best believe when somebody has hurt me and it's been previous where people have hurt me, bad karma comes back around. That's why I choose to uh, have Zen energy and continue to make sure I have that good karma so that good karma comes back to me. So yes, I believe in bad karma and good karma. I do. It comes back. What goes around is come back around. I believe it. I would not wish harm on anybody though. Regardless of how they hurt me, I would not wish any harm on anybody. Because you this thing called life, you only get this thing once. And that's it. Right? So 
you I, for me if i've been hurt sure i try to still keep my respect i i forgive i don't forget but i forgive i keep my respect and i keep it pushing right because good karma is a thing trust me it, it is y'all so when i see the headlines when i see social media to where people don't really rock with wendy and a lot of people saying karma bitch you know look dementia is a very very serious disease that you don't want to joke around with um so my heart goes out to wendy williams because i get it i don't understand the the documentary now i'm just gonna say very lightly because i haven't seen the documentary so i can't really comment too much on it but a lot of people have their dis their disagreements of why the documentary got released of about her when it comes down to her now being sick right diagnosed with this disease a lot of people say Wendy Williams is not broke because a lot of people say, hey, they did it because money, right? I don't know how I feel about Wendy Williams and her son being the executive producers of this documentary to kind of show that she's been in some trauma. She's going through some shit, right? I don't, I, that blows my mind. I'd be damned if I'm making a documentary about me and my family in troubling times. I don't think I could do it. I don't think I will have the heart to expose all the troubling times from a family. And they, hey, showing enough, Wendy Williams and uh, uh, this, uh, her son did it, right? So I just don't, I, I don't agree with that. I think it should have really never been released. I understand if you're doing a biopic of somebody. Yeah, maybe a few years down the line. Yeah, you you should do a biopic, right? Because I love biopics. But a documentary to show the, the shit she's in, right? I Look, I that's not my taste. That's not my style. But Lifetime doesn't care. They want to make that money. Same with any other network. If you if you know it's wrong, but you're a network and you got a quote of me, you're going to produce that quote. You're going to produce it, right? By all means, I'm a little different with it, but some people, some people, hey, I think we got to stop saying karma to her. You know, I get it. She's, she's, that, that was the thing where, you know, at the time she exposed some people and it ruined relationships. It ruined marriages possibly. I get it. But I, for me, I just, I wouldn't wish harm. I would not wish harm uh, for anybody, but I wouldn't w wish harm for this because if you're writing a documentary, if you're saying karma for somebody who who is enabled, right? Who, you know, when you have dementia, you know, it's is it's a serious disease where you're not able to a, you're not able to do a whole lot of stuff, right? You're exposing somebody of that and then you're wishing harm of something like that. Anybody can be in incapacitated. Anybody could be uh unable, right? doesn't matter how healthy you are. It doesn't matter if you're in the best shape of your life. One bad accident, you can be hurt. That's why we pray for good karma and we do good uh, to what we do. We do good to others what we want to be treated back by, right? Because tomorrow ain't promised, right? And I don't mean to get on my, my sad tangent. I don't mean to get on, get on my rant. But, like, I just don't think that I, I agree with people praying on or I, I'm not even going to use the word praying, Rocco, but people are saying, ha-ha, she got dementia. Like, that is not funny, right? That is a serious disease, and God forbid, you know, I'm praying, I don't wish it. This is a deadly disease. So I wouldn't wish that on anybody. 
people who become enabled, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Who somebody who become seriously sick, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Regardless of what they did to me, I don't wish that on anybody. I don't. So I just, I it's it's always weird. It's a weird time that we're living in. It's weird that a lot of people want to see this woman destroyed and i get that she's she's she, and i ain't gonna say that she ain't said some hurtful things she said some hurtful things but like come on like there's 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 a time and a place and there's 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 levels to it and i don't think it was you know appropriate but you know that's just how i feel my heart goes out to wendy williams for sure i just hope she gets better honestly i really do um but it's it's serious it's one of the it's one of them big diseases that you don't want to catch so we got rocco coming back for sure with the latest in hip-hop news take it away rocco what you got some of y'all might know this and some of y'all don't let's do it sean diddy combs has found himself back on the front page after being sued this past monday by a male producer on his latest album who has accused the mogul of sexually harassing, drugging and threatening him over more than a year. The producer who filed the lawsuit has been identified as Rodney Little Rod Jones and he claims that he lived and traveled with Diddy between September 2022 and November 2023. NBC News reports that Jones had recorded hours of video and audio capturing Diddy and his staff engaging in serious illegal activity. When the allegations first went public back in November 2023, his immediate circle and those close to Diddy did not offer any opinion as to not further incriminate Combs or themselves. Now, the platform we are flatbush would catch up with Dylan for making the ban. Dylan would make a name for himself on the show and would even become one of the more notable faces on the show. Although this was mostly due to a Dave Chappelle impression of Dylan in 2004 episode of The Chappelle Show, it was during the We Are Flatbush interview where Dylan would take time to tell viewers that he's spoken to Diddy since the allegations went public. And from the sounds of it, it appears that Dylan has his own conspiracy as to why these recent allegations have come forward against Diddy. Dylan's perspective on Diddy's recent allegations looked to reflect that of what happened to Bill Cosby, the conspiracy in which people felt that Cosby wanted to elevate the black culture and even buy NBC is a reason for his allegations to have come forward. Now, towards the end of the brief clip, Dylan was asked if he ever attended one of Diddy's infamous parties. His response, do you know what's an NDA? Now, this wouldn't be the first time Dylan has spoken out about Diddy's downfall. In December of last year, High Plus would report Dylan's stance, which would be his first time publicly revealing his opinion. As more information continues to be revealed, we can expect more individuals from Diddy's past to come forward in order to tell their stories. So what are your thoughts about this recent allegation against Diddy? And does Dylan's conspiracy make sense to you? Thanks, Rocco. Shout out to my man, Rocco, for sure, man. Now, somebody posted in the forum about another question when it comes down to it. And I'm very, very excited uh, to talk about this simply because um, this is the question in the forum. And I'm just queuing up my song because I last episode, I didn't queue up my song. And I didn't. And that kind of, yeah. Yeah, okay, we're going to play that one. All right, so anyway, uh, this question comes out. What is your favorite outfit? Now, I have a whole lot of good outfits, but my favorite outfit. Okay, so I have two, right? 
I have two favorite outfits because there's two two seasons. Summertime doesn't count because it's hot. I'm wearing a t-shirt and some shorts if it's hot. But when it is the winter time, I like a nice turtleneck. I like a nice little turtleneck. I don't think I'm turtley enough, right? Y'all remember um, Master in Disguise? That's a funny movie. So anyway, turtleneck is my favorite. I have two turtlenecks. I have a black one and a mustard orange yellow one uh, in my closet that you guys probably seen a lot. I love turtlenecks. I think they fit my style. Only for the winter time though, right? Obviously, you can't rock a turtleneck in summertime. You're gonna be you're gonna have heat stroke, right? Turtleneck's my favorite. I like a nice turtleneck and a trench coat, right? Beanies used to be my favorite, but I've realized that beanies, and I probably could rock a beanie now that I've been cutting my hair a lot lately. Beanies are very, very nice if you find a good beanie, right? Um, with Along with my outfit, I do like to wear a belt. Yes, I know a lot of people don't like to wear belts. I love to wear a belt, right? Because it's not only for style, but it's to make sure I don't sag and my underwear is not showing to people, but I love it. I love it. it. Belts are amazing. Um, Chelsea boots. I like to wear Chelsea boots when it's the winter time. I got like four pairs of Chelsea boots. Like I love my Chelsea boots. Um, and my watch, either my Apple Watch or my two watches. Um, I like to rock with. Uh, I used to wear a necklace, but I don't wear necklaces anymore because of the type of position and jobs that I have. I can't really, it's not, it's not, I don't want to say it's not appropriate, but you know, in a, in a professional setting, I wouldn't rock a, a, a chain, but I used to. That's my ideal outfit for the winter time. My favorite outfit for the springish time. I like a nice button. And honestly, this is for spring, but I wear this a lot too. I like a nice button up. I'm guilty as charged. You guys have seen it in my button ups a lot. I like to rock my button ups, right? doesn't matter the color doesn't matter the pattern and style i love button-up shirts i've been wearing them for years and button-up shirts you can't go wrong because with a button-up shirt you can rock if you're going on a date you can rock a button-up shirt if your shirt if you're going out to celebrate or if you're working in your office and you're in a professional business you get to rock your your button-up shirt professionally with the jacket that's one thing i like to do is in my businesses, a button-up shirt, some slacks, Chelsea boots, my belt, and a jacket. Uh, uh, not a sports coat, but like a business coat, right? That's my favorite outfit. I know I'm weird. A lot of people would just do... Oh, my other favorite, by the way, before I make that other statement. Because I do have a laid-back chill to it. My favorite, other favorite outfit is going out and rocking a one-piece sweatsuit. I love sweatsuits. It's just like you got the coat and the, the the joggers. You good to go. You ain't got to iron them. You throw them things on. You ready to go. I need to buy more is what I need to do. I need to buy more. But my favorite, sweatsuits. Only for the wintertime, a little bit of fall, maybe a hint of spring. You can't really rock a sweatsuit in the summertime. I, look, summertime is hot, right? Summer, it's just hot. Shorts and a shirt. It's hot. It's too hot. That's why I prefer fall time better. I love the fall because it's like a mixture of hot and cold. I used to like spring, but then pollen season, and I'm very allergic to pollen. So it's like, ugh. fall time is my favorite. Winter time, it gets a little too cold, right? So that's my favorite outfit. Um, that's that's the outfits that I like to rock with. Um, 
I've seen a lot of people rocking some good outfits, right? Uh, the glow up is real with a lot of people. You ever just notice when you see a friend and they just look so, so good, like, because they, they posted something and it just, they look amazing. Like, they, the glow up is real. A lot of my friends that I went to high school with or went to college with and know, like, the glow up is real. They really become mature. So, shout out to that special someone because, baby, you look fine. Anyway, we're going to wrap up the podcast here today. Um, thank you guys for staying tuned for sure. This is a, um, we're going to play this song that I like. It's from the movie that I actually saw. Actually, it's called, uh, the, well, the movie is called Elvis, right? Elvis Presley's biopic. But get it. It's swanky time with that new KLP. Shout out to Doja Cat. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, so, yeah, thank y'all for staying tuned. KLP Aftermath Podcast Rocco. It's been real. Stay tuned later this week. We got more podcasting for y'all as well. If you guys have been enjoying the podcast, thank you so very much. Um, please be sure to share with your friends wherever you get your podcast from. Our Heard Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, whatever you get your podcast from, share it with your friends because this is really, really good. Also, if you have an Apple Watch, download the app Outcast. You're able to play podcasts from that watch onto your headphones. It's really, really amazing. You can listen to us via your watch. You don't need your phone. Hey. Shout out to all the podcasters. Hey, hey. Nothing but a. Ooh, you want this beat, right? This beat is dope. All right, we're going to roll out of here this morning. Coming soon, coming later today. Sort of my article, like we mentioned. Go read it. Final Fantasy Rebirth comes out this weekend. I'm so ready. And we out. Swanky 93.3 and the Heat 94.6 brings back the hottest hip-hop radio show live from KLP Entertainment and KLP Studios. It's KLP Aftermath. Morning with your host, KLP Kennedy Lucas and Rocco Styles. You know what it is? Put your hands up. Tune in now on any audio platform. Go.